Welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Okay, welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. This is a special one. We're joined today by a very special person who I bumped into at a football match. Where else would I bump into anyone? Uh, Gemma, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Right. I'm, I'm, listen, Gemma, uh, when we met and we talked, you know, I was very intrigued with what you do in football. And I think it's really great. And I think it's really important that people know about it. I want to ask you, what is it? What is it that you primarily do? So I, in terms of a title, for it to make sense to people, I'm a performance mentor. So I work with athletes um, on a one-to-one -one basis um, and we just unpick things that potentially impact them on the field and off the field. That's, that's really good. You know, I, I mean, that is, for me, I think it's really great that you, that, that you are doing what you're doing, but obviously your, your background is, is much more than football because I know a little bit about you already, so we'll touch on that. So, but I want to just, before we dive into, you know, you and what you offer to, to football, this weekend um, is the FA Cup and there is a, a huge campaign um, being pulled together by fans. There's a fans collective in terms of what they're trying to do to raise awareness for women's football, but also to bring about some parity. Now, I was on a Twitter space uh, this week and mentioned about the salary of the Coventry United players and roughly about £16,000 a year. And I thought, is that really enough for a football player? Is that it's minimum wage for anyone? I mean, how old do you have to be to be on that wage before you regard it to be insufficient? Do you have to be living at home with your mum, eating baked beans three times a week? You know, are you a student? I mean, £16,000 a year in 2022 doesn't sound right to me for any for anything, especially yeah. if you're if you're regarded as a professional. So you know, the question that I've got for those who are listening and for the individuals at the FA, those who are close to the FA, what does it take for there to be parity in terms of the FA Cup and, and prize money? Why is the disparity allowed to continue, especially since the FA say that they are the, they are the governing body for everyone? For everyone, they talk about equity, they talk about fighting inequality, I just, I just don't buy it. And what's worse, what's worse is that on Twitter today, you know, there is the Times article saying that the FA believe that they are doing enough for the sub to subsidise women's football because they subsidise and help run the Women's Super League and it is better to spread that income throughout the women's game. I mean, you know, I've said it, on this platform before, and I've had conversations with other individuals, if, if women's football were run by a particular man and any, any well-known millionaire right now, just take your pick, and his business had been shut down by the government, there would be a lawsuit going on right now, not just for loss of earnings, but for loss of interest of those earnings. There would be some kind of reparation, compensation, there would be a lawsuit so the amount of money that the FA say that they put aside to, you know, to support the women's game is pitiful and it's disgusting in 2022. And I know that women's football is on the rise. I know that a lot of fans are doing great things. You're doing great things, Gemma. But in terms of prize money, 
the amount of money that we see in the men's game, it's awash with money at the top level. And then you see the women's game and then it just, it's almost, a, it, well, it's beyond a joke. It's ridiculous. I don't know if you want to jump in and say anything there, General, but I, I just mean, needed to get it off my, my No, little... I mean, I agree with you. I think the problem is, you know, I have this conversation a lot of times um, and I don't just work, you know, I work both across the game, men's and women's, but some of the things that I hear, oh, you know, it, it, it doesn't bring enough money or or it, there's not enough fans. And it's it's for me, it's ridiculous because actually it's all about invest, investment, you know, Look, look at Facebook, look at Instagram. If you don't invest in it, how does it grow? That's business. So I feel like it's just something to hide behind. Actually invest in the game, invest in the game that you want to see grow. It's almost like people are waiting for it to grow and then they'll go, oh, okay, now, you know what? There's a right, there's a wave now, let's ride it. So yeah, it's, it's not good enough. And, and I feel like if you're talking about equality, there's just, there's what other argument is there? Get it done. And that's the truth of it. But the powers that be, um, it's sad because as I said, in 2022, we're still here. We're still having the same conversations. We're still saying the same things. You know, it's, it's not just Coventry. I saw something the other day and I didn't know this, but I saw something the other day um, that I think it was the first pandemic. So the first lockdown, Zaha used part of his salary. I'm sure it wasn't just him as well to help the Crystal Palace ladies team stay afloat. And these are things that are not discussed. It's not, you know, when you're watching football on a, on a Saturday, that's not what's, what pundits are talking about. And, you know, so actually there's there's the crisis of the women's game is larger than what is being showcased sometimes. And, you know, for me, it's just like, well, actually, let's talk about it because actually that might bring some change. Yeah, but, but to be honest, we are very good as a, as a nation. And I think many nations are very good at, at hiding what's wrong within our own camp. We're very good at going, look over there. See what they're doing, see how they're getting it wrong. Whereas, you know, Zaha doing, you know, something great for Crystal Palace women. I mean, the conversation and comment that I heard this week was, you know, we need someone from the Premier League. We need the clubs, to be honest, the clubs are self-serving, so the clubs aren't going to do anything. They, they, we need the players and those top clubs to say that they want something to happen in terms of the prize money for the FA Cup. I mean, okay. Marcus Rashford is used as an example. Some dislike him because he's, for me, he's like a modern day saint. We don't talk about saints anymore. We don't talk about people that actually go beyond their, their own comfort zone to look out for the well-being of others. But he does. He hasn't waited until the end of his career so that someone can go there, there. What are you going to do after dinner speeches? He's he's in the moment. Yeah. He's right. He's, 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 he's a professional sportsman who's working is, is, is socks off to, to be at the top of his game, but also his eyes are open. And a lot of people go, oh, you know, you know, sports people, they do things behind the scenes, don't need to talk about charity work. Well, if his charity work benefits, you know, the everyday man and woman to provide food for their child, we don't need to keep that a secret. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And also you've got to think of where he's come from. So you're almost asking him to forget where he's come from. Oh, you don't live that life anymore, so forget it. So then when you look at it from a human being perspective, are we really saying that? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said in terms of how we are as a nation. And, and I agree with you, we're very reactive. And, I, and you can see that in the way, you know, however it played out in the, pande the pandemic or just different situations. And I think that's one of our problems here is that 
everything is very reactive and actually we really need to start being proactive not just in the game just within different sectors and, and in life and then things will, that's when things will change I really believe that yeah I mean I'm hoping for change um I did say to <laughs> this on this uh this group conversation that I don't mind being the agitator and being vocal to 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 disrupt the norm because it's yeah. okay to go and expect the bodies who who are the guardians of the sport to do the right thing um like with anything you know yeah. you expect those in power to take care of those who are you know in desperate times but there is a long history of that not happening you know we talk about a number of things in terms of inequality inequality in itself on a planet that is abundant with resources really shouldn't happen yeah Great. Just really, you just think about it. You just think we have everything on this planet, but there are so many people that don't have just yeah. the basic thing. So you know, in terms of the prize money of the the FA Cup, you know, one of the longest footballing competitions in the world. Apparently, everyone keeps talking about that. Watched by everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, put your hand in your pocket, or you know tap that hedge fund manager on the shoulder and say, we need to go into the reserves and dish out some cash. But whatever it is, yeah, needs to change. Whatever no, it is. change. I think, you know what, I, I saw something the other day and it was talking about change and it said, when you're changing something that the culture's already there, that's easy. It's when you're changing the culture and it's not there. And I think that's what the problem is. The mm. culture that we're, we're calling for, not just in sport, but in general, that's not been the culture and that's what's difficult because you're all you're almost asking essentially people need to look within themselves and go I need to change I need to change my perspective I need to change my ideologies yeah. and as I always say it's not easy but yeah. if you want positive change is that a bad thing and I think yeah. that's what the biggest problem is people are like but we've always done it this way it's fine you know <laughs> you know you know the one we've always done it, 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 it we've always done it this way and we don't we don't like change, but anyway, change scares people, I suppose. So yeah. you know, it's 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 to be expected. But we are we are agents of change, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, we are agents Absolutely. of we are agents of change. Let, let, let's talk about you, right? Let's talk about you. Um, you know, the football mentor. That's what I kind of titled you. Not that that's the title you've given yourself, but is that an accurate is that yeah. an accurate picture? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I welcome working with anyone in, in, in different sports because essentially in the areas that I work in, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, um, but primarily football. Yeah. And, you know, how did you get, how did you become a football mentor? <laughs> right. So my background is working more so in education and social care. So there's always been supporting roles and, I got to a point in my career in terms of education, I just felt, I just felt things weren't right. I felt things were reactive. I felt that, you know, there's a large, there's a large emphasis in terms of doing mentoring, but there's not enough training. In fact, there's no training. Um, and I got to a point where I was like, this doesn't make any sense. There has to be change. And you hear a lot of things that you hear in sport. It's always been this way. Or look, look what this school's doing. You know, just as you hear, look what that club's doing. We're doing more than that club. So we're doing all right. And um, I started studying. So I wanted to really understand coaching and mentoring because I was like, well, I've done this for 
you know, almost 20 years with no formal qualification, which is, is ridiculous because actually from a duty of, of care for your employee, if that's the role you want me to be and you want me to be, be a really good mentor, surely there should be some training there. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And, and I learned a lot, everything open, but with doing the course, I had, it was really reflective. It started me, I had to ask myself, okay, hold on a second. I do enjoy it, but what we're actually doing is very reactive. That's not actually how mentoring is supposed to be done. You know, it's in education and very much in sport. It's for selective individuals. And actually mentoring is a progressive tool. It's, it's a supportive tool. So then I started asking myself, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to do this? Do I want to continue in education? Um, and the answer was no. So then I had to start looking about what I enjoyed. Um, and I enjoyed, I enjoy sports. I watch all sports. I play all sports, um, you know, and I was like, okay, looking at sport, very similar to education. What support do players really get? Like really and truly get? Because again, if you're, you know, and this is not, not knocking anybody, because everybody has the best intention, everybody's passionate. Um, but if you're not informed, if you've never done a coaching and mentoring course, how much do you know? And that, that's coming from a place of this was me. You know, I've been doing it year for years, but not had any formal qualification or education on it. You know, maybe a day course. And that was in, I'd say, probably 15 years. So when you compare 15 years doing the role and a day course within that subject area, that's actually really concerning. So I started to kind of unpick that. Um, and about four years ago, started to do some research, look at what clubs were doing. Um, and my background is also safeguarding. So I started to look at the welfare and pastoral. Um, and then I was like, OK, there's there's a lack. There's a lack of need in terms of people really understanding what mentoring is. You know, yes, you've got player care, but we've heard from loads of interviews. Player care does so much stuff. Let's just say if someone needs to speak to you at that particular moment. Are you are you on deck to, to speak to them? No, you're not. It's the same with education. So I was like, OK, so originally I started thinking about do I want to work in a club? Um, but then I considered would I have the same glass ceiling as I would working in education? Because essentially, yes, that that's an aspect of your role, but that's not all what you do. And for me, I was just like, well, no, that's all I want to do. I want to be able to give players that's that space. Um, and then being trained in neuroscience as well, I was like, OK understanding the brain, understanding human behavior. I was like, I'm expecting someone to build trust with me. And I've got, unfortunately, when you work in a club, you've also got the, the aspect that you've got to do the things that the club wants you to do. You know, I was watching a podcast the other day and um, a player used to play for Liverpool was talking about him going up to um, a club in Scotland and the player care didn't go, didn't meet him, didn't, you know, just said, oh, here's your tickets. And I'm sure that wasn't the individual, but that's what he was told to do. And I didn't want that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it solo, going to do it freelance, you know, and see what, what happens. Hopefully work with some clubs. That's been a very interesting journey um, and look for other individuals in sport. So that's kind of how it happened, really. Yeah, You know, when when we met, Remember when we met and we were talking, we were at the LCL. Who were they playing? Were they playing Coventry? No, Watford, I think. Watford, yeah, it was the Watford game. Yeah. When we met, it was pretty much around the time when there was the whole kind of fallout, the safeguarding fallout and the abuse allegations from the yeah. NWSL. Yeah, it was around that time. And um, 
you know, when you said to me, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a football mentor and I worked in education and I told you that I had an education background myself and I worked in the same kind of borough, we might have crossed paths even. Um, before that, I too was a mentor many years before that. And when you said about the training, I thought, yeah, it's pretty much, it's, it sounds pretty much what it was like when, you know, I myself and my, my colleagues were in the role and there was, we worked in a particular borough. So for you to go on and, and go beyond, and you talked about the glass ceiling, you know, it made me reflect back to that time and think, yeah, you know, when you're doing so many things that, that can be regarded as a, as a holistic approach to player wealth or human welfare, um, when you work within an organization, you're curtailed by what they want you to do in terms of caring for another human being which is primarily what mentoring is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now that you are, you know, you've got your own setup and you're not in a club specifically because of the, you know, the limitations that that, that might put on you. Um, do you ever have the kind of inclination to say, you know, I might want to base myself primarily with this club and and build from there or are you are you pretty much freelance yeah no you know what i would welcome it because i think th the problem is is what i say to people is i'm not here to take away from player care i'm here to add so if a club approached me and said you know what we want you here we want you to you know to be a body where people can see you build that trust so that's your primary focus i'd welcome it because i think it's when you start innovating not because you know, you've been told, but actually you see the need, other people follow suit because when things work, that's what happens. Things start working. It's the same in any type of business. And they go, what are you doing? Oh, this is what we're doing. So I don't, I, I wouldn't turn it, you know, turn it down for sure. Um, who knows, maybe sometime in the future that could happen. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I know where I stand. Um, I'd be very clear in terms of what I can do and what I can bring to the table. Um, and Again, it's all about, you know, people understanding the power. Because I think the problem is mentoring is seen as this, you know, nine times out of ten, you're unqualified and you're doing it because either you're in the same field or you've got the, the intention and passion to help other people. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's how it's seen. So often the wage behind it is quite low. You know, people think that, OK, well, you're just there to have a conversation. It's so much more. There's a framework that you can work in, there's structure to it, resources that you can build, you know, resources that you can build for other people because the change doesn't happen in the conversation. The change actually happens outside of the conversations, you know, and people don't understand that because they don't specialize in it, which I get it, but yeah, I, I wouldn't turn it down. So if the opportunity does come for the right club, we, we can talk about it. Yeah, you, you, I, I mean, I know you're, you're working with particular players and, you know, confidentiality, et cetera, is, is, is paramount. I mean, you, do you work across the championship and the WSL? More, more so championship, um, but I also work with international players, so in different leagues, um, but over here in terms of the women's game, more the championship yeah. at the moment anyway. And, and you know, I mean, I'm, is there a common kind of conversation is there a kind of like central thread that you kind of find when you you support players across different clubs or you know in different countries and you think it, this is this is a common theme 
Yeah, um, and even, you know, not just over here, even abroad as well, the common theme is a lot of it is overwhelm. A lot of it is that they're all in their head of the expectations, not wanting to disappoint people, or, you know, wanting to ensure that they have a good game. You know, all of the things that essentially anybody, regardless of your athlete or not, you you know, if, if you're in a job and you want to, you know, you, you want to do a good job, that's the truth of it. Um, but that's the common theme. I, I see overwhelm in every single person that I work with um, and they don't know that it's overwhelm, to yeah. be honest. They, they, because, you you know, it's not something that we're taught to, to, to be able to identify. But yeah, a lot of them are just, they're just stuck in a loop of, you know, okay, we had a bad game. Why? And they look solely at themselves. And what, what I say to them is, what you need to remember is you're as a team, there's a collective. So to a degree, there's only so much you can do as yourself, you know, and we've seen this in the men's game. You can have a phenomenal player, but if the team doesn't function together, it doesn't connect. So I, I have to often go back and remind them of, of, of those moments. Um, and, you know, and it's a bigger thing. It's, it's, it's when the coach will say things like, okay, I've had this a lot, you know, what happened? We had a bad game. No one's talking. And then if that doesn't get addressed, then actually silence speaks more than words do. Because actually, is it a safe space? Do you feel safe? Even if you as individuals think that you're creating a safe space, the silence says otherwise. You know, and it's all of these little things. Um, and a lot of what I also find is there's a lot of ego in the game, both in the men's and the women's game, be honest with you. Um, very much dictating this is growth mindset, this is fixed mindset, because you've read one book what <laughs> like reading one book you know I always say one book one course there's nothing that you can do once and become a master of it it's a continuous practice you know and I think that's where the problem is working in areas that we want to better players mindset and actually you know for a lot of those individuals in sport on the weekend you know letting their hair down and 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 which is not a bad thing but the behaviors speak for itself so then how are you really supporting somebody's well-being if, if you're not supporting yourself, you know? Yeah, you know, it's when you mentioned about, you know, silence and is it a safe space? I mean, it's, that's really, I mean, the comparison is that when you listen to former footballers in the men's game and they talk about things going wrong and, you know, the dressing room is vocal and people are having it out with one another and there's verbals and there's, you know, possibly a little bit of um, fisticuffs, as it may be. It, I mean, it, that, you know, not so that you can give me inside information. Has ever a player come to you and said, look, it got a little bit out of hand after a game and I, I'm, I'm finding it difficult? Yeah, I mean, some of the stories I've heard, more so, I'll be honest, more so from the male, for the males that I support, yeah. but some of the stories that they tell me about the coaches that they've had or managers and some of the things that's been said to them, you know, it's almost... I mean, it's, it's worrying because it's like you're tearing down the person that you're saying that you're trying to build up. How? You know, and, and, and part of it is, you know, I say, I say, I have a saying, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Again, if you're, you know, if you're not flourished, if you're not nurtured, you're going to inflict that same thing on someone else. You know, how can you nurture someone that you, you're not nurturing yourself? So, but I get that a lot. Um, and that's a, a common theme with the, with the males, which is a shame. Um, and then when you look in terms of the, the safeguarding, you know, that is borderline safeguarding because the yeah, culture yeah. is an unsafe culture. 
<laughs> let's not open up that can of worms. I've been in trouble enough as it is. You know what I mean? You got to safeguard and let someone, I said that to someone and they looked at me, you could see their eyebrows raised and I thought, oh, don't go down there. But, you know, we, like I say, you know, both you and I have, have, we come from the education background. We've been in education for a long time. So the safeguarding aspect to us is, it's ingrained. You, you, yeah. You just don't even try and start a school term or go into any new year or whatever it is without there being a, a an in-detailed course as to what's going wrong or what might go wrong. Um, you know, and in football, there's a lot that still can be done, you know. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you about when you talked about the safe space and things that are said, there's a question that was put to me years ago and I remember me answering it, you know, because they, I was, you know, who's this guy coming in telling us what to do, mentor, who are you? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to ask you the same question this person asked me and see what you say. And he goes, uh, it goes, when will mentoring work? When, honestly? Yeah. When people's ideologies change about mentoring. Mm. When, when mentors also, there is an element that there needs to be training. There has to be training. The things I, I learned while doing the course, the mentoring practice doubled if I'm honest with you, because I, I was informed. I was coming before, I was coming from just good intentions, my passion and things I'd learned along the way from research, mm. you know? But once I did the training, I was informed of framework structures, knowing how to, you know, create the safe space. Cause actually there's, there's methods to it. How you can make your mentor and therapeutic, there's methods to it. There's training that you can go on. So I think there needs those two combinations because I think the problem is, is just like any judgment, if something is there, if, if mentoring is in any club and it's almost frowned upon, why would you expect your players to engage in it? Yeah. Now, now you, you, you use the phrase frowned upon. So the club frowned upon mentoring. Yeah. I'm not saying which club or whatever, this frowned upon. And you've got one particular player, player XYZ, and they're the star player, um, but they don't necessarily get on with the manager. And the manager knows that this player is being mentored by you. And they come up to you and go, um, what, what, what's going on with this mentoring? Why isn't it working? Why, why is my star player not playing well? What's going on? What, what are you not doing? What, so what here's do you- where the problem is, is this, like anything, just because you've gone and had any type of support it doesn't, it's not a magic wand. This is what I always say to people. And, and, you know, especially clubs, they don't like to hear that it's not a magic wand. The person has to change performance and you can, you can do research. You can read books. Performance is not just based on having someone to talk to. Sometimes with what you as a person are going through, it takes time to really change. A lot of this, oh, it takes 28 days to build a habit. That's at minimal you know, it can actually go up to 254 days. So when you look at that, you're, you're almost looking at a year of someone needing support to be able to unpick things, to l- unlearn things, to relearn. So for me, again, if I was in that situation, I would like to think the conversation I would have had from the very beginning and the standards I would have set, the truth of it is, that, per- that, that manager, that coach wouldn't even approach me like that because you know the answer. I'm going to say to you, what do you think? This is a magic wand. 
And I think that's where the problem is. It's the same with education. People go, okay, but, you, but you're talking to somebody. What? It, it, it's, that's not a clear fix. Some people don't need to talk to people. Some people, you know, and it's the same with counselling. Doesn't mean because you've had that counselling session that one time or that once, you know, six weeks or 12 weeks, that things in your life are not going to change. And it's, it's us remembering that. Things happen. Performance dips, life dips. You know, if you have a bereavement, a couple of bereavements, a couple of traumas, and then you're expecting your star player, and you see that across the men's game, you know, star players, loads of things happening, going off for personal days and, and personal holidays because they've got family circumstances. You do see it dip in their performance. Of course it would. That means you're, you wouldn't be human otherwise. And I think that's where the problem is. We've often looked at athletes as these super beings. They're still human beings. And when you understand that and put in the therapeutic practices, then that will work. It's not just solely the conversations, as I said, it's more, it's the change happens outside of the sessions, you know? So that, yeah. yeah <laughs> we'll you're, you're talking to the, 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 you don't, I'm part of your crew. Don't worry about that. But the reason why, I mean, my question to you was probably a little bit provocative, but it was, it, it was something that was said to me and it stayed with me right mm. now. And when we, we met, I thought, I wonder if you've had this experience as well. And, you know, I was working in a, a really tough, yeah. <laughs> tough, really tough secondary school in, um, in, in London. And my cohort were always the ones that were being excluded. They were like the naughty crew, you know? And I had a, a senior member of staff come up to me and say, when will this mentoring work? Yeah. When, will it, when, when are we going to see the results? Yeah. And I just said, look, it, you might see it in five years. Yeah. And they looked at me and like, what? And I said, this is not about the here and now. Yeah. This is about creating a process which will allow the person to become a better person, a more oh, reflective person. And it's not going to be at the end of term. Yeah. Or next week. You know, yeah. if you if you ask anyone, and this is the thing I had to say to them, I go, you don't even remember when you started to tie your, your own shoelaces. And they looked at me and I said, but you couldn't at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I go, you couldn't. And and it's it's just what happens so you take time so yeah it's difficult because you know what it is what and again this came from me really understanding it once I studied it because I had to start looking at the culture of it and it's not understanding it one mm. mentoring is 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 essentially designed to be long term and actually it's used on a short-term basis which that's more so for coaching and coaching should be more adult-led because when you know as as your age in terms of how your brain development is mm. you know it's you're able to sort of take the activities and go go ahead and do it by yourself you know you understand more the problem is is again people see mentoring is oh it's a quick fix as you said but it's used wrong one if it's used in a reactive way two if it's used in you know a short-term space and as and as I said you're planting a seed so essentially you're planting a seed that at some point that it might click you know I I've got young people that are in the you know 23s 24s and when I see them now they're just like I remember our conversations and actually when I went into the real world I remembered what you said and that's what I used and that's the problem and, and a lot of that comes down to our ego it's my ego why I want to see that now it's my ego why I want the results now and until you go and do that work you're not going to know it 
And this is where the problem is in terms of mentoring and support. This is all, you're all talking, you're talking in the realm of psychology because essentially you're talking about behavior change. Essentially now you're going into a specialism. Mentoring is not a specialism, no way. Mentoring seen as an unqualified role. It's only seen that way because that's what we've made it. There's loads of qualifications out there up to degree level. Yeah, well, well, this is the thing. Primarily, a lot of it is in America. Mm, yes. America. America really, really big in, in terms of mentoring and the the, yeah. the the continued professional development that's linked to that and what they see it as. But the, the, the word mentoring may be frowned upon in football. It's frowned upon in education to a certain degree. But the mentor role is not unique. And I'm, I'm sure, and the word escapes me right now, but I'm sure we talked about, you know, if we look back in the history of time, and we looked at royal families and the young prince had someone that would guide him. Yeah. You know, before he took on his duties as king or something like that. There would be someone. There's always someone, yeah. And to talk to him because the king was too busy doing, yeah. you know, king stuff. The, the prince needed guidance. And I think the role of mentor is pretty much someone older, someone separate from the individual, not within their immediate circle, who has an objective view on who they can be absolutely and that's it really yeah. you know you you see the person exactly the whole person exactly you know i think it you know in my time of doing this to tell you it's it's been an eye-opener you know when i talk about communication and and break down how we communicate and actually tone of words is only seven yeah. percent and players are like no that that's not true and i go 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 and look it up go and look it up and they're like but that can't be right in sport because it's such a vocal sport. And I'm like, but it's, it, this is research. This is not someone making it up. And again, it's what are you then told? Because actually what is the focus? If we're saying that this is a part of the game and if I'm speaking to players, the players are like, no, I've never heard this before. What are you speaking? What are you speaking about in terms of that side of the development? And as you said, you know, in America, it's very different across sports. That is huge. I don't think I've never, you know, when I look at roles in America, there's always an influx of mindset, mindset mentors, mindset coaches, mentors, performance mentors, you know, student development mentor. There's just no, no sport and no club, no team that doesn't have a mentor. Yeah. And it's, it, that's what's sad is we're very reactive because the research shows it. Um, and when you look at research, the problem is, is over here, there's not that much research, but it's because the emphasis isn't the same as it is in America. Always. Um, let's talk about the business itself. And the, what, 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 what's your, what are you called? What's your company called? Level Minds Own It. So Own It is an acronym, stands for two things, really. Opportunity, where now? I really believe that it's in the moment that you, you find your opportunity because it's in those now moments that you need to do something to get to your next destination. And then it also stands for observe what next, look out for what's coming next. So yeah, and level minds just stands for, that's what I'm trying to create, individuals with level minds. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it makes sense to me and I'm sure it definitely makes sense to the individuals that you support. In terms of you know, frequency and duration of the time that you might see someone, how does that work? So it's different. So uh, I have few, so I have two pathways. I've got pathway with some partnerships that I've got. Mm -hmm. So we've created a pathway that, you know, it might be six, seven sessions. 
Um, and then there's a pathway if you come to me individually, I have my own pathways and that can go up to 12 months. Okay. Um, so essentially a whole year. Um, so it just really depends. But we, again, I tailor it. So for example, obviously to fit their, their own timetable, ta- time it might not be a weekly because I come with resources and, you know, and we unpick a lot of stuff. Sometimes it can be fortnightly, sometimes it can be monthly. So what you tend to find is the sessions are now spread. Um, and I tell people, I'm very upfront, nothing changes unless you do. So there's no point us having the sessions just to have the sessions to say we're having it. And actually you're not completing the activity because if you really give activities a chance, there's things you'll learn about yourself. That's what I tell people. It's just facts, you know? So I've just been quite fortunate. I think maybe because of the background I come with um, and my experience, that's never been a problem because once you do one activity and you start to realize, Oh, I learned something about myself. You're naturally going to continue and keep doing the rest. Yeah. And and is and is a session roughly about oh I'm saying roughly I'm kind of putting the time is it thirty minutes is it forty five no, fifty um, all all one hour sometimes we can have check in sessions um and that could be thirty minutes but generally an hour mm. and face to face or I mean to be honest because everybody's in different places um mm. Zoom Zoom yeah. seems to work for everybody. Yeah. It allows them to set their space, their safe space, be in a comfortable space. You know, I think there's an element sometimes, again, when when you start to do the study, you, you realise that sometimes face-to-face, which I'm not knocking it, it's definitely, you know, there's power in it. But when you're right next to somebody, especially once you've built up that trust, there's an element that you don't want to let them down face-to-face. There's an element of the person that you now trust, you're like... I really want to say this, but are they going to be upset that I haven't done this? And sometimes being, you know, across in terms of whether it be the phone on, on the laptop, it almost gives them a protective barrier. And that's the, something I, you know, I've, I've realized that I'm like, oh, this is something that we wouldn't have considered before. But again, when you're not trained in it, you don't understand these type of things. You just think, oh, no, it's always been face to face. But actually, there are things with the mentor and relationship as a mentor you've really got to be aware of. So I just say to them, look, if, if you want to do face to face and it allows, absolutely. If not, and everybody's gone for Zoom because I said you create that safe space. You know, you're in a comfortable space um, and that half, that's half the, the, the work for you. You know what? I, I'm just thinking now with the country becoming more open uh since the 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 government's decision to kind of unlock and send everyone back to work will that like change the way that you approach the sessions or are you going to be uh, client-led and let those who are you know use your your services decide how to move forward yeah absolutely i think you know what i think it's 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 down to them to be honest and that's what i say to them it's what works for you you know even even down to rescheduling yeah don't feel the pressure to be like, oh my gosh, I've got to, again, it's all the expectations of us. If you feel like you need to change it, just say. So yeah, I think for me, I, I predict that it will probably, a lot of it will stay virtual. That's the truth of it. That's what I predict. Only because of the patterns that I'm seeing in terms of people really being able to set that safe space. Um, and as I said, I work with people internationally. So there's that as well. Um, because obviously if you're in another country, then you know, unless I'm flying out there. Uh, well, yes, hey, you know, unless you're getting a flight from one of the government ministers, they might drop you off somewhere, but there you go. Well, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Sorry. definitely led by them. 
That's good. That's good. Um, right. I saw you at a game. We spoke before this, obviously. Did you get to go to a game? And Because I'm, I'm sure you were on your way to watch a game. You said we were... No, I, well, when we last spoke, I yeah. didn't. I, you I, didn't go? Okay. I, I relaxed that weekend. I'm, I'm thinking I may go and watch Crystal Palace on Sunday. Oh, against Lewis? Yeah. Okay, but I'll, I'll see you there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll see, I'll yeah, see that, you there. That wasn't, that wasn't planned. That wasn't planned. <laughs> that was a, by, the time, by the time this goes out, we would have already meet, met each other. So there you there go. go. There you go. Um, well, who knows? Uh, no, 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 that's fine. So, you know, the reason I, I asked you about games, because I saw you at London City Lionesses, you, obviously you're, you're going to go to Crystal Palace. I mean, with the, 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 the client base that you have, do you make it, do you make an, an effort to go and see them in their playing environment? Yeah, I do. Often, actually, what I do the, <laughs> the first time I do, I don't, I don't let them know because I don't okay. want, again, I don't want them to be in their head, the expectation, you know, what, what's she going to think of me? And these are normal thought processes that they would have, whether they share it or not. Um, so I just go just to see generally the interactions um, and then we have a conversation. I'll say, oh, you know, I do. I, I came and, and we have a conversation about that. And then after that, yeah, I do. And even afterwards, after the mentoring relationship, because mentoring is about that relationship, I like to keep that going. So essentially, yes, it's one, me being in the field that I'm in, but also just maintaining that relationship because I understand that, who knows, maybe next year, two years from now, three years from now, something may happen and you might go, do you know what, I need some sessions. I've got a transition coming up in my life. I've got something, you know, I'm planning for or, you know, it could be anything and you feel like you need to access me. So, yeah, I try to keep that going even after we had that, um, the mentoring relationship has ended. Good. That's really, really good. Um, so, you know, look, I think we've covered a lot of your stuff, you know, and it sounds like you're, you're really busy. Yeah, I mean, do you know what, it's, it's given the, the, the fact that I was a pandemic baby, that's what I call, call a business. <laughs> um, you know, I, I did, I got to a point where I was like, well, well, we're locked down, what do we do? Um, you know, there was, there was a slight, do I, do I postpone, do I wait? Um, I've been quite fortunate. So actually now I'm looking forward to things really being able to propel. Um, and I think, you know, the partnerships that, that I've, I've got, I think that's definitely helped because then essentially there's there's an influx that's always there. Um, so I'm looking forward to potentially growing that that reach um, this year for sure. So, yeah. No, I, did, I, I didn't ask you about the partnerships and I thought about it. I'm going to ask, is it, are they secret partners that you, or can you mention? No, no yeah, absolutely. Um, so one is um, an organisation called Support Against Suicide. Um, the organization is around um, bringing awareness to suicide in sport wow. and and you know amazing work what they're doing but as a sub branch what we've now started to look at is what happens afterwards so after the workshops after the awareness what happens if the individual says actually I do need a bit of support they might not necessarily be saying that I'm experiencing this at this particular time, but they want some sort of support. So we've got that. Um, and I've got a sports agents, um, agency that I've, I've formed with. Um, you know, again, she works with international players. Some players are over here, um, Africa, Sweden, hey. all over the world, Italy. 
I'll be I'll be wanting to talk to you a little bit further about that when we finish this. <laughs> Don't worry about that. No, <laughs> we can have that conversation on Sunday. <laughs> we can have that conversation. <laughs> we we definitely will have that conversation on Sunday. Definitely. Definitely. You know what? This has been really informative. It has been, you know, and I'm, you know, it's something that um I had a conversation with my brother some time ago about mentoring because obviously my background and then I bumped into you and then this is you said this is what you're doing I was thinking wow it's actually happening so for 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 me to get an insight into how things have developed for you which is good but also some of the difficulties and how just because of mentor the the, the word mentor how other professionals look okay. at what the word means to them yeah and um you know for me it's it's a you're a guide a life guide a coach you're the you're you're the non-judgmental individual in their life but also who will be very direct in a sense of of what it is that you see and 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 very supportive at the same time which yeah. i i think when you have um, established relationships be, within a, a um within within the structure of an organization that's historically this is the way we do things mm. whether it's football clubs or whether it's a you know swimming club or you know there is a hierarchy there is a, a way of communicating with those other individuals you very much are focused on the person yeah you know and that and for me in a sport when it's you know roller coaster in terms of results roller coaster in terms of expectation and emotions from fans players staff etc that you can come in and be that that you could almost be like that island of calm mm, absolutely and that's and that's why i say you know something i say definitely when i speak to clubs is it's not taking anything away so whatever mm. you've got in place essentially all we're doing is adding yeah. and for me i'm just like is there why would you not I want to add why would you not want to say actually there is more that we can do that just shows where you want the culture of your organization to go that's how I see it yeah yeah I mean I mean it's like we you know we talked at the, the beginning about change in relation to the FA but you know like most organizations unless they are in control of change mm. themselves it's very very difficult for them to feel comfortable with yeah. what what's being offered because it's not it's un it's unfamiliar it's yeah. almost alien in a sense like what what is this what do you mean you're doing this and it's this is the way we do things and sometimes you know to have I don't know just an arm's length view of something and say no this is what I see this is what I offer and this is how it will it can be it, it, it's refreshing. And it's, mm -hmm. I think it's definitely, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you, you know, you, you are a success and you get, you know, more involved with other, other teams than you already are. But I think it's something that is much needed in, in a, in a world of sport that is just filled with pressure. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there needs to be a valve that says, that's something different and and, the, and you are the difference you're offering something very very different no well exactly that and that's and you know you use the right word valve mm. you know it, 
pressure, expectation, it constantly builds, whether it's from the team, whether it's from the club, whether it's from the fans, it's going to consistently build. And when you understand that and go, actually, you know what? Let's create a valve, you know, more than what we've got already, because, you know, there is a lot and you hear a lot of it in, in the men's game where they're like, oh, well, you know, they're spoiled or they're acting out. And it's like, that's their valve. So if you don't give them another option, what, like, what do you expect? You know, and that's what it's about. It's about finding other options. And, and also it's, it's a lot about trust. But we are a nation that we don't trust. That's the truth of it. Trust me to be the professional that I need to be. Yeah. You know, and put those things in place. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I definitely see some change, you know, coming. Um, some exciting things coming up soon. So we'll just see how it how it all plays out. That's good. Listen, with the exciting change, when the change happens, you've got to come back on. Okay. We, we talk, we do some talk. We'll do some, we might actually, I'll tell you what, no, I'm not going to say anything now because it, it know me, it probably won't even pan out. <laughs> know me, I'll just, I'm always like, let's do it. And then it just disappears. No, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, look, thanks for coming on. I want to, uh, can you say again, name of your company, please? Yes, of course. So it's Level Minds Own It. Level Minds Own It. Look it up on Google, people. Mentor Absolutely. in your club. Um, it's It's been really good talking to you, Gemma. Um and by the time, and when we finish this, I'll get your Twitter handle so we can add it to the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mainly use Instagram as well, to be honest. Okay, um, oh, and what's yeah. your uh, Instagram? Next Level Mentor. So Next, next as in, um, it's, it's spelt without the E, yeah. and Level Mentor. That's Excellent. mainly what I use, to be okay. honest. I like to do a lot of videos, like to have things interactive and stuff like that, and a lot of information. That's so good. I generally use that. That's good. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm glad we, we got there in the end. I should have asked you that at the very beginning before we started recording, because I would have just... No, it's all good. <laughs> I would have just... We've added it. <laughs> right, listen, it's good having you on, Gemma. Thank you very much. Um, that was me. it. That was it. We are out. Uh, this is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus, the football mentor, Gemma. Next level... Mentor. Next level mentors in the house. We're all we're both exiting. We're making our way to Crystal Palace. Uh, until next time, later's. Thank you. I just want to watch the game.